Hey, hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan with the Laundromat Resource Podcast. This is show 103, and I'm pumped you're here today because today we have on the show Lloyd Silver, who owns a couple of laundromats, built a pickup and delivery service from scratch, and he's a marketing expert. He's a marketing guru. He's owned a, his own agency. And so today we get into how he got into the business, how he grew his pickup and delivery business from scratch, and then we dig into the marketing side of things because I I know that's something that a lot of us could really benefit from, uh, improving our marketing. So a lot of really good stuff in this episode. Before we jump into it with Lloyd, I want to get to today's fast lane tip. Fast lane tip is an exciting one. The deluxe fund for diligence capital investments has just been released and I will drop a link. It'll be the first link you see down below. Uh, if you're interested in investing in the laundromat industry, but you don't want to be an active owner, you know, we talk about here how it's a, a time independent business, but it's not a passive business by any stretch of the imagination. Just get on one of the forums or the Facebook groups and you'll see that pretty quick. Um, but if you do want to invest in laundromats passively and benefit from the cash flow from that, you can join up with the Diligence Capital Investments teams. That's myself, Ross Dodds, Michael Ambrose. Both of them have been on the podcast and we have just launched uh, our fund. It is for accredited investors. So if you're an accredited investor and are interested in jumping on board with us uh, in this uh, crazy industry that we got here of laundromats, um, check out the link down below in the description for on YouTube. It'll be on the show notes, uh, which is at laundromatresource.com slash show one zero three. Um, or shoot me an email at Jordan at laundromatresource.com and, uh, maybe put something about diligence in the uh, headline there. Um, super excited. We're super excited to get going. We've already got a bunch of laundromats lined up in the pipeline. We're rearing to go. Hopefully some of you guys will be able to join us on that journey. Awesome. All right, let's jump into it with Lloyd Silver. Because uh, again, this is an awesome, awesome episode. So good we did it twice, actually. You'll hear about that. All right. See you on the back end. Lloyd, how you doing? Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, my pleasure. And uh, you know, little uh inside scoop. This is actually our second go about of doing this because of some technical difficulties on my end. My apologies, but you are a rock star for coming back on and you've got some great things to share. I already know that, but I'm uh, I'm really excited to hear what I learned about you the second time around. So absolutely. It's been a month. So, you know, things change. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh man. I'm sure everything's changed. In the last month, changes. So. <laughs> Including your background. So why don't you tell us your, your background? Who are you? Um, and you know, kind of what's your background like, and then how did you get into the laundromat business? Yeah, sure. So um, I really have gone through a couple of different career segments in my life. So I started out in finance. I was a chartered financial analyst. What I did in that capacity was manage investment portfolios, uh, analyze investment opportunities, manage pension funds, um, all great stuff. Had a great time doing it. Um, I, I hate mornings, but I'm not, not a morning person and being on the West Coast and most of that stuff is happening at, you know, five in the morning, six in the morning. Uh, I, I lasted about 10 years and got quite burned out from that. So, uh, from there, I, I opened up a marketing agency and uh, that was always really a passion of mine. Uh, I always had marketing projects on the side that I was doing. Uh, but it was time to actually go, uh, full blown as a marketing agency. Uh, we launched that. 
specifically focused on working with local businesses, uh, helping them get more visibility online, get more customers. Uh, and we grew. I, I started a second agency from that. Uh, and uh, that was focused more on the content side of things, a little bit different type of customer. Uh, and I did that for quite a while and I still own my agency, but it's just not my focus day in, day out uh, these days. Uh, because for whatever reason, during the pandemic, I bought a laundromat. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I was looking at, at different opportunities. I wanted to diversify uh, my income uh, from a pandemic, from a recession, uh, and and really got attached to laundromats the more that I looked at. I looked at quite a few other businesses, uh, but I settled on a laundromat and I bought my first one uh, February of 2021. That was the uh, acquisition date. And uh, we went from there. Yeah, you were right in the like at the tail end of all the thicket of everything there. Oh yeah, <laughs> getting in the business. That's yeah. cool. So I, I mean, I'm assuming that laundromat was already up and running uh, when you when you bought it. How, how did it fare during the pandemic? Yeah, so actually it wasn't. Uh, it was closed. Uh, okay. I bought a closed laundromat. It had been closed for uh, about a year not because of the pandemic um for personal reasons from the owner uh they had some stuff going on uh it was kind of an interesting thing so uh first of all i got referred to the current owner from my equipment distributor uh it wasn't actually like my equipment distributor i was talking to a couple uh but one in particular uh he he just did a fantastic job we had a conversation i told him what i was looking for I literally got a call from him the next day saying that one of his uh, one of his customers wanted to sell and i was on the phone within minutes and had a purchase agreement done within about three days uh but it had been closed he actually acquired it uh from the shopping center that it's located in it was one of those laundromats that had been closed uh and the shopping center took possession of of the equipment and uh you know long story short he wound up owning it wanted to buy it for his parents uh, they said, We're, we want to be retired. We don't want to be running a laundromat. <laughs> and uh, he never you should check it. with your parents before you buy him a business. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was a funny story, but you know, he had it for uh, several months and uh, never had it open a single day. So by the time I got my hands on it, uh, it, had been, it had been closed a good year at that point. So we were really starting over. People knew there was a laundromat there at one point. Um, it didn't have a really good reputation. Uh, it was definitely in that zombie man category, a lot of older equipment, dirty, uh, a lot of homeless issues. Uh, I think uh, I heard from someone that uh, one of the people that worked there was like sleeping in the back. I mean, it was just kind of a mess at that point, right? Um, so we got it, did a full rebrand, retool, um, remodel. Um, we, we bought it February 1 and we launched May 1st. So we took a few months to get all that done all the new equipment we, we replaced almost every single piece of equipment did a nice remodel not super expensive but it's amazing what some paint and some updated flooring and things like that can do and we opened and just got like amazing feedback like right away so it was a fun experience that's awesome i don't know that you can classify that laundromat as a zombie mat because it was like dead dead this is like a full-on resurrection here uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it was a zombie bat that actually legitimately died, right? Yeah. I mean, it was closed uh, for for good reasons, and then we got that thing going again. Yeah. Um, 
So you don't have to give details necessarily if you don't want to. Uh, but I'm curious because I get asked this all the time. And so, you know, I thought, you know, let's let's chat about it a little bit. How do you go about valuing a laundromat that has basically worthless equipment, has not been open for a year? There's no numbers or no anything. I mean, what was your how, how did you come to figure out how to buy this thing? It was actually pretty simple. Uh, we we bought a second laundromat just a couple months ago as well, and uh, it had been open but not producing a ton of income. So I looked at both of these the same way. It was truly an asset acquisition, right? Um, if you you can't value it based upon income, it neither was generating any income. Yeah, it, it was purely based upon the value of the assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really came down to, you know, how much is something worth? It, it's what, you know, the buyer and seller ultimately agree to, right? Uh, in our area, it can cost, and especially in my second laundromat, it can easily cost, you know, over a hundred grand just to connect to city, you know, sewer and water, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start adding on all the equipment and the plumbing and the infrastructure. That's what I value, right? In those situations, you know, number one, I love the location, like for both of these, fantastic location uh, for both self-serve and for pickup and delivery, right? Because I knew I didn't, I didn't uh, launch pickup and delivery day one with the first location, but I knew I would be going down that path. We did, we did offer a wash and fold, but just uh, drop off, not pick up a delivery, but both locations had, uh, you know, they were great, perfect for both, really nice demographics, uh, everything that you would look for, except for the fact that it wasn't making any money. So you have to kind of trust, okay, it's a great location. How much is the infrastructure worth, right? If I had to go and and build a new laundromat from scratch uh, with similar equipment, what would I spend? You know, how much would it cost to connect to the city? Uh, how much would it cost to do the initial build out? to add the electricity and the plumbing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's value to that. So even Mm -hmm. if the laundromat is not doing a single dime, which my first one wasn't, there's still value because for you to go into that location and add that yourself, it's going to be pretty expensive. So I did acquire it for less than it would have cost me to build from scratch. So that's how I like. I think I got a bargain. They made some money off of it. Everybody walked away pretty happy. So yeah. Awesome, awesome explanation. Because I do get asked that all the time. Of you know, how how do you what do you do with that? So awesome. Yeah, yeah. and there, uh, there's value. I mean, there there is clearly value, and that's now the model that I like. I would love to find a third laundromat that's struggling. You know, that's not super profitable. This is why I got into the business. Right when I looked around, I, I saw that there was this opportunity. Uh, most of the laundromats that I visited and most of the owners I talked with, they don't have a marketing background, right? That's bit unique. They don't have a financial background like I have, right? So I tried to figure out how I can leverage both of those and bring that's my advantage. Mm-hmm. I'm not mechanically inclined. I don't fix machines well. I'm doing my best. But what I brought to the table was my marketing background and my financial background. So mm-hmm. uh, trying to take a uh, you know, value a business that's not generating any income and then leveraging my marketing background and grow it from zero to whatever it is today. Like that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, uh, you know, uh, real estate investing sort of principle, like, Hey, if you can buy something below replacement value, like you're, you're probably getting a pretty good deal. And I think that translates pretty well, uh, yeah. here as well. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so selfishly for the other laundromat owners listening in on this, I want to make sure we kind of tap into your your marketing genius here, but not yet. I mean, I want to hear some of your story, but I want to make sure we leave some time to talk marketing because you know that's that's one of the weaknesses of our our industry, kind of almost across the board. And uh, but it's something that I think a lot of people are starting to pick up on uh, the importance of and and developing some skills. So I want to talk that, but uh, take us back. Okay. You, you buy this laundromat. It's got no income. And I mean, how are you, you, did you feel like this is kind of a little bit risky or were you pretty confident? Like, Hey, we can come in here and and create a pretty good business. Um, I was confident. I was confident. Um, and I worked with you like I, I did. I, I uh, not to plug what, what you do from the consulting side, but we had a great conversation. You gave me some very sage advice. Um, I, did I you, definitely did remember you name that your laundry after my advice. Sage I did. Advice? I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there is reasons behind the name. So <laughs> uh, Sage Laundry is the name of the business there. Um, so, you know, for for me, I didn't feel like it was super risky. Uh, I did the math. Um, you know, we had performance created. Uh, and one of the great bits of advice I heard from you, I mean, I was talking like, you know, three turns a day, four. Wow. What if it does five turns a day? You're like, hey, Lloyd, what if it does two? Mm-hmm. Like, what if it does a turn and a half? Like, on the downside, like, let's be, you know, let's be practical here, right? You've got a laundromat that's starting from scratch. How would it, how would you feel if it did like a turn or two tops a day? Would would you be okay? And that was fantastic. And I looked at it and I wouldn't be thrilled, you know, I wouldn't be super happy with that. But I'm like, okay, like, you know, it can survive, right? It's generating some profit if it's hitting that point. So uh I think the financial analysis that I did, I knew I would be out of pocket. You can't avoid being out of pocket when you buy. Uh, any business that's literally not producing a dime of income, right? You're going to be out of pocket. Uh, but I did some good projections and we didn't quite hit those, uh, but we weren't too far off. Uh, but because of the financial projections that I did, I, I felt confident going in uh, that I, I had the runway and I could get where we needed to be. And we did. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. And I like, I like taking that approach kind of going back to the uh, conservative uh, angle and and just taking that approach at least as a consideration and saying okay what kind of situation are you going to be in especially in a closed down space where there's no revenue sometimes you know you can do everything right and bam business is just there like day one because you've just set everything up right and all the stars aligned and sometimes it takes some time to ramp that up a little bit and so looking at the downside of that you know can help give a little perspective on what kind of situation am I going to be in if it takes a year to get business up to what yeah. I'm hoping for it. Right. And and look, I was there the day that we opened and, you know, we had someone drop by early in the day and go, wow, you guys are open. Uh, and then her, her, her jaw dropped because she looked around and saw the work that we had put into it. She came back later to do a load of wash. We had three customers that first step. Like that was day one, three. And we were excited when, when that first customer came in and put quarters in, in that machine. I mean, that was a fantastic thing for us. Um, but we literally were starting with nothing there. We had to build this completely from scratch. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, when you did open, I mean, you've, you spent a few months like March to May, right? You've spent a few months 
building this thing back up and redoing it. What was the response like when you opened, you know, like day one, week one? It's, um, you know, we had, you know, like I said, we had a, a, just a couple of people come in on day one, right? So, um, you know, you you love to think that you can just open the door and floods of people are going to be walking through, right? And we're in a busy shopping center. There's what there the big grocery store in town is located right next right next door. There are other businesses that draw some good traffic in. So, you know, ultimately, I think that word would get out, but we definitely needed to prime that pump a little and, and be proactive at getting the word out. Um, the, the response that I was looking for and that we got, right, because we built this intentionally to be the nicest laundromat experience in the town, right? There's certainly better laundromats in other parts of the country, but with where we were, we built it so that we were going to be the nicest. We were going to be the, the cost and the price later. We were going to charge more than other folks. We were fully attended. Uh, you know, we had a remodel and a retool. I wanted to make sure that that was going to pay off. So I was looking specifically for those reactions too. I wanted to make sure when people came in that they just didn't go, oh, yeah, it's a laundromat. Like I really wanted to see uh, their reaction and, and appreciation for what we did for the community there. And that's what we got. So we didn't get the financial benefit day one, didn't expect it, but I at least got validation. People started coming in. People started coming in saying, I heard you guys are open. I heard it was really nice. I just wanted to see it for myself. They weren't quite ready to do laundry, right? May have been mid cycle for them, but they started popping by just to look around. We literally had people just walking through the laundromat and just looking, going, wow. Wow, thanks. And that's what I was looking for. And that was the validation that what we did was the right decision. Yeah. How many of those people do you think were your competitors going, wow, great, thanks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly, I mean, I walked into my competitors and looked around as well. Um, but you can tell. I mean, I, I think you can tell, you know, when someone is a competitor or yeah. what it's truly like. You know, this is, you know, truly the kind of person that wants to use a laundromat. Like, yeah. you can just get that sense. So. Yeah. Well, a competitor is going to be looking at things a little differently than pricing, potential customer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little, little things like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll so, oh, bathroom, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you opened up and, you know, the buzz started happening. Did you do anything beforehand to, uh, like, promote it, promote the opening, anything like that? No, we, we had no promotions. I was going back on uh, on what to do. Should we do like a grand opening promotion? Uh, I talked to some people about that. Um, I mean, ultimately, my background from a marketing perspective is digital. I know that super well. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know the non-digital side of things as well. So I try to leverage what I knew well. So we had our website developed. We had ads ready to go on Google, on Facebook. Um, I had everything uh, that I possibly could have from a digital marketing perspective, like waiting to get turned on. We weren't sure exactly what date because we're dealing with contractors and we're, you know, we were a little bit delayed, um, but I was ready to turn that on. And as soon as I knew that we were going to open on May 1, everything went live and we started uh, to do a heavy promotion from the very beginning. Yeah. Awesome. And I was, I was also okay with that. Like there was... Sure, there's the part of, of, of me that would love to have seen uh, a huge swarm of customers come in. 
Um, but we were new to this. Like I'm new to laundromats. None of my employees had worked at a laundromat before. Again, this gets back to um, the certain expectations that I had and that I wanted to create a certain experience. I was okay having a, a slow but steady increase in customers because it gave us a chance to figure things out before the masses started to come. Mm -hmm. uh, because you can plan and I had procedures and how to do things. But as soon as people start coming in, throw that out the door, right? They have their own idea of how laundromat should be run. So it gave us a good sense of, of how to really run the business the right way uh, as we grew over that first month. But by the time we got into month two, uh, we started doing quite well on, on the, uh, the self-service side. Uh, and certainly by month four and five, it was just thriving at that point. Nice. Uh, can I ask, like, how, I mean, you know, so, so you had a ramp up period. How long about did it take to, to reach profitability? Do you know? Yeah. I mean, from a cash flow perspective, right? Because you have to look at it differently profit, profitability versus cash flow positive, right? Um, because profitability can be reached a lot earlier when you've got loans, right? Because I did a whole retool. Uh, we, we got a loan from the equipment manufacturer. Um, so, uh, profitability, we can reach pretty quickly. It took us a good year to be cash flow positive. We were profitable much sooner than that, but we had a large equipment loan that we had to pay off. So, uh, ultimately, I mean, it's cash flow is the only thing that's important. Um, and you know, it it took us a good a good year before we were cash flow positive. We were profitable after month six. Awesome, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that because I mean, I think that's a question that you know people have a lot, especially if they're taking over. You know, if you've seen the you know the the videos on the free laundromats and stuff like that, and yeah. you know, yes, you can you can get a space you know for free, but it's not going to be. Free, right like you're wow. it, it takes time to ramp up and you gotta have some capital or at least access to some capital in, in most situations there yeah and more than you think right i mean mm -hmm. we didn't think it was going to take what was it four months right and now my second one we're doing a renovation on the one i just acquired in in december and that contractor is saying that two to three months easily on that one so i'm thinking wow I'm, i may be shut down for three Four months on that one. You've got to have the capital to be able to, to get in there. The alternative is you buy a turnkey laundromat, you're going to pay a premium for it, but you're not going to have to, you know, worry about these types of things, right? You're just going to pay more upfront. You're going to pay one way or another. You're going to pay for that nice turnkey laundromat, or you're going to buy something like I did that needed a hefty investment. And that investment is just not a one-time. It was month after month until we actually started to see, you know, the customer growth that created sustainability. Yeah. Uh and again, I'm I'm going to ask the question, feel free to, you know, slough it off if you need to, but I mean, how how did you how did you fund this? I mean, how did you fund a, the acquisition of a you know, a closed down laundromat? Did you pay for that cash and then finance equipment? What I mean, what did that look like? So, um I got a great, you know, great deal. Obviously, rates have gone up. Things are more expensive today. Um, the fact that I was an experienced business owner uh, allowed me to get access to capital um, at a lower, at better terms than if I were completely brand new. So even though I was brand new to the laundromat industry, I brought 20 years of business experience with me and, and it, that helped me a lot. 
I finance as much as I could. I put down a very small down payment because I knew that my cash was going to be needed once those doors opened. I'm fully attended. I've got salaries. You know, I've got all those types of expenses. I've got rent because we don't own, you know, in our area, it's, mm -hmm. it's not easy to actually own the building in Northern California. It's usually by, you know, venture firms and, you know, other large institutions. So I wanted to put as little capital down as I could early on, because I knew I was going to have to put up capital month after month for a period of time. So I, I planned from that for day one. Yeah, that's... I'm, I am managing the second one that we just acquired. I am managing that build out a little bit differently. I am trying to minimize my, my cash outlay on that. So we could probably start working on the, the remodel soon, but we've intentionally delayed it because I've turned on the marketing engine over there to start building up pickup and delivery. Mm. And I'm just trying to get it to the point where the increase in pickup and delivery is going to cover the cost of that equipment loan because the equipment loan doesn't kick off until the equipment is installed. Mm -hmm. So if I can push that off for a couple of months and take that time to build up pickup and delivery and get that customer growth, uh, my numbers suggest that I'll be able to pay for the equipment loan and be cash flow positive the entire time. So that wasn't my goal on acquisition number one. But I do want it to be my goal on number two. I'm trying to be minimal out of pocket on that. Yeah. Are you I've learned, learned some lessons for sure? Yeah, totally. I mean, are you processing that pickup and delivery at the other one, or are you just lining it up so that it's there day one? We're processing it at the new location. Uh, although we know that we're going to have to shut that down for a few months. Mm -hmm. So we are prepared to move it over to our original location, which is about a 30 minute drive. So it's not horrible, far enough away that it's definitely not in a competing area, uh, but not so far that we can't take things over and process it. So it's going to create some headaches. It's going to create some strain on machine usage. Uh, but uh, that's the only option that we have. And, and the reality is I, I need to grow it pretty significantly to hit my goals of being cash flow positive. So, you know, it, there's going to be a huge influx in the first laundromat because of, you know, all the, the orders that have to be processed there in, in a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can I ask, let's stick with that first one here just for a second. Uh, I mean, is it, Fully attended, partially attended, unattended. What model did you go with with that one? The model we launched with was fully attended. The model we have right now is mostly attended. Mm -hmm. So um, I would love to be fully attended, but hiring has challenges. Um, I am trying to find more part-time people that can work uh, some of the shifts. Uh, to be able to be fully attended. Uh, but there are times now where uh, we are unattended. Early on, I did not want to be unattended. I, I live about an hour and 15 minutes away. So not super practical just to you know hop on down to the laundromat. Uh, but if I knew we were going to be shorthanded, I was down there working because I really, really wanted to be fully attended. Um, that's changed. <laughs> you know, you give give a year of of having to do that. I eventually got to the point that I was okay with us being unattended for certain parts of the day. So um, we're attended most of the time, but there are a couple of days during the week um, when, for about six or seven hours, we don't have anybody there. But we do have systems in place so that our customers can get help, and I can support them remotely. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, that brings up another question that I get often. I mean, if you're an hour and a half from your laundromat, people always, you know, you, you see a lot of people saying, Hey, maybe like 20, 30 minutes from your house would be the max. But, you know, a lot of people want to know, can I run this thing further away? I can't find anything near me or, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. Like, can you, can you talk to me about what has it been like owning one an hour and a half away? Would yeah. you recommend it? Did you have to do anything special because it's that far away? You talked to us about that. Yeah. And I did look at laundromats that, that were closer. And they just didn't work out. Like I live in the Bay Area. My laundromat is um, not in the Bay Area. It's outside of the Bay Area. Uh, Bay Area is super expensive. Like everything was just, you know, so overpriced at the time, still overpriced. Um, that's um, for the goals that I had, I, I had to broaden my search. So in I ideal world, like I looked at a laundromat that was uh, 10 minutes away from my house. I really, really wanted to purchase that. Like that was just about six months ago. Deal didn't happen. Um, if, if I could avoid being an hour and a half away, I would. If I could move and live closer, I would. But I have other obligations and, and you know, other reasons why I need to stay where, where I am currently. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Um, and I do think you have to put some things in place. It is not practical for, for an owner to be what I call, um, semi-passive, right? Everybody, everybody believes, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people believe you can get in this business and it can be a passive business. I, I do not believe that. Like, I never believed that. Never from day one did I think this would be a fully passive business, but I thought it could be semi-passive. Uh, I could focus on the marketing. I could focus on the financial side, the business development side, not be involved day to day. Um, so um, now when we launched, I was there day to day. I was there four, five, six days a week. Um, I mean, I was there a lot. We needed it. And it was good. And I appreciated it. And I got to talk with customers and I got to learn from them and hear them, uh, ask them questions to get feedback. That was an invaluable experience. Um, so for me to be where I am now, I had to go through that process of biting the bullet and driving all that way every day for months where I could truly learn the business and, and most importantly, learn the customers and their needs uh, and understand if, you know, what was what what it was going to take for me to feel confident and comfortable to not be there. Right. Um, like I remember early on, I was always pulling up the video. Like, you know, I was always watching video. Like, you know, now you got to force me to turn on the video. It's like <laughs> only, only if there's a real issue, do I look at that video. Right. But, you know, I had to get comfortable there. Like, so until you're comfortable, I think it's a real challenge living so far away. The key to being able to do this um, is that I found someone who I hired on day one. He was one of our first employees, if not the first. And um, he's grown as, as we have grown and he's been promoted into management. Um, I trust him and he's got keys of the store. When I say keys to the store, I don't mean just the front door. Like he's got keys, right? He can get everything. And yeah, I've got procedures in place and checks and balances. I mean, that's only the smart thing to do. But I could not pull this off if I didn't have somebody who was there, who lives about 10 minutes away, who I completely trust, uh, and, and who is taking you know care of those day-to-day -day issues for me. So um, if you're going to be as far away as I am, then you have to accept the fact that you're you're going to have to hire a manager, right? You're going to have to have somebody in place 
but you're likely going to pay more, right? Because you don't want the average person having that kind of a position, in my opinion, right? This is somebody who I really trust. Uh, and I pay extra for that. So that's money out of my own pocket. Um, but that gives me the lifestyle that I want. So I'm willing to take less to have the freedom to be able to be an hour and a half away and not have to worry about things every single day. Yeah. So early on, you were there four or five days a week. What about now? Are you still heading over there fairly often? What does it look like for you? Um, until the, I mean, now that we have the second location, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I need to go there a little bit more frequently. First location once a week um, is, is what I'm doing now. Um, it's to pick up cash, right? Um, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I like doing that, but it also just gives me a chance to check in. I change the date and time that I go. I want to check in with, you know, try to see, you know, who's working. Uh, are they meeting my expectations? So I'm kind of blending the visit to go pick up cash with kind of a drop in, you know, they know I'm coming at some point, but not exactly sure when, but just to make sure things are going the right way. Uh, and, and that all my expectations are being met. So when I go there, I do give feedback, uh, you know, and, and, you know, ask for things to get tweaked and, hey, let's not forget, you know, to do this. So that it's important for me to continue to go. But once a week is all that I'm going. I do spend other time throughout the week working on the business, working on the marketing side in particular, um, you know, doing business development, looking for other opportunities, uh, but not day to day at the laundromat anymore. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you know, pretty, a pretty typical experience. You're going to, you're going to be heavy on your involvement early on and that will taper to like once or twice a week, usually once you get things set up and, and I will just throw out there too. And maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't yet, but sometimes it does go in waves where, you know, so for example, if your manager decided to leave or whatever, you sure. know, you might have to up your involvement for a little while until you can get somebody else into that place. So it does go in waves. Um, but generally speaking, your involvement is higher up front and then it tapers down uh, yeah. over time. I think it's pretty yeah, I mean, We had a COVID outbreak. Uh, it was down to me and one other person. Mm. I was there quite frequently because I didn't want to say no to our wash and fold orders. Right. right? So like, man, it was, it was rough. Uh, That was only a couple of days, uh, but it was not, not a fun couple of days for either of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're three hours plus in the car, you know, I was renting hotel rooms. Yeah. 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 You gotta, you gotta do that. So, which you know, financially doesn't make sense, but you know, at the end of the day, um, short term at least. Yeah, exactly. You got to do what you got to do to be able to deliver. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, you, you busted this first one open and got it going. Took a little while to get to profitability, took a a little bit longer even to get to cash flow positive. Where does number two come in, in this scenario? I mean, I feel like you're just, you know, you're, you're taking crazy pills over there because you're starting them from scratch and you're an hour and a half away. And now you're looking for another one. Uh, yeah. How did you, how'd you find the second one? Uh, second one, I actually found uh, listed online. So okay. uh, that one was online. It's um, I put in an offer that wasn't accepted. That first one fell through and then I swept it up um, on the, the second go around. So um and I, you know, I, 
I, I do think it's it, things are easier with the first one now. Um, I, I do feel in terms of being able to be semi-passive, being able to take that step back, um, having two eventually will be easier than one. Having three is going to be easier than having two. I do think that there's some economies of scale, mm-hmm. right? You can start, you know, hiring, a, you know, uh, different, you know, levels of management as you grow. So it's kind of a pain to go through the experience, but it is part of my longer term vision of having, uh, you know, several different stores. Uh, and I think at that point, uh, I'll be able to really take that step back that I'm looking for um, in the ways that I want to step back, right? So I really enjoy the business. I love it. I actually really love the business. Um, but there are certainly things that I enjoy doing more than others. And I think having multiple stores will allow me to spend more time doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's the thing. And, you know, I mean, not that this is anything new to you, but... You know the 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 problems don't go away; they just change right at different yeah. at different levels they just change and you have different levels of management, which takes care of a lot of the sort of tedious stuff that you don't the day to day kind of yeah. running of the business, but it does introduce new problems right and so yeah. but it's it's growth opportunity it's opportunities to grow both yourself and your employees um and your business um yeah. all that so yeah. uh okay. How how far apart are your two laundromats, like distance wise? Uh, time wise, thirty five minutes. Okay, yeah. so that's probably a better way to talk about it in California. Yeah, I, I mean miles. I don't know. It's probably about twenty, about twenty miles, fifteen to twenty miles. But it's a good thirty five minutes of driving. Okay, and uh, where? So like, uh, if there's like a a string between your house and the two laundromats, are they? In the same direction, are they? Well, what does that look like? Yeah, same direction. The second laundromat's a little bit further. So, and and the the first laundromat is in a town called Woodland. Uh-huh. Uh, it's uh, it's it's outside of Sacramento. Yeah, uh, small town, sixty thousand, just north of Davis. Davis is a big university town. That's one of the reasons why I liked it. Um, you know, very much higher. You know, higher income, great for wash and fold and pickup and delivery. Uh, the second location is right smack in the middle of Sacramento. So I needed a presence there because Sacramento, greater Sacramento is like 1.6 million people. Like it is a massive population. And I wanted to come in primarily because of pickup and delivery. Like that was my thing. So, and I needed a place to process it. Uh, it's a good, it's a good location for self-serve. Uh, but what I'm excited about is having you know, a 1.6 million population that I get to play around and market to and get to grow from. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sacramento area is massive uh, and it's a great market, but you are a glutton for punishment and you keep going out further. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm not going to go out probably further than that. I wouldn't mind getting a location near me still. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I, at the very least, those two are close enough uh, that the person I hired to manage uh, the first location is going to be able to get over to the second location and take over, you know, responsibilities there as well. Yeah. Well, right here, right now, I'm going to start a pool, and I'm going to say that you are going to end up with one further out, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to put the over under at two and a quarter hours away from your house. So if you take your bets, 
take yeah. the over two and a quarter or the under two and a quarter, but that's my, but no, it's possible, right? Because <laughs> you, as you learn, I'm, I'm very big on process, right? Um, so one of the things that I'm doing now is I've created a training center for our team, right? Using, uh, using actually like a training course, uh, having videos, having you know presentations, like all of that, you know, having, having all of that makes onboarding somebody a lot easier. So as we learn and grow, and I'm building out these processes, adding another location is going to be a lot easier than it was before. And I think it will get to the point that I can I can have a location anywhere, and I'll have the processes in place to be able to to pull that off. I'm not saying it's all it's going to be easy, right? But you at least identify those things that you need to do, where the challenges are, and you're able to tackle those more proactively. Whereas the first time. I was figuring out a lot of this stuff as I went, right? I mean, I, I had no experience running a laundromat. Like I was learning, you know, as I went. I talked to everybody I could. I was active in Facebook groups. There are a couple of folks out there. I mean, the, the industry is fantastic in that there are a lot of people willing to share. And I tapped into that knowledge as much I can to try to speed up my learning process. But, you know, it was a process for sure. Yeah. All I heard is that you could have a laundromat anywhere once you nail all that down. So I'm upping the over under to six <laughs> hours, which basically puts you down to LA and maybe like out to Reno out there and beyond. So Reno be interesting. They're kind of <laughs> in the same direction, right? From where I live, Sacramento, uh -huh. Reno. There's a stop in between now. So we might have to have to get <laughs> somewhere in between there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh awesome. Okay. Uh I mean, you've mentioned your excitement about pickup and delivery. We've kind of talked around it a little bit. Uh, I mean, are are you fairly early in? Are you doing pickup and delivery at your first location? Oh yeah, we've been doing pickup and delivery there for um, seven months now. Okay, yeah. so uh, wash and fold starting day one. Right, that was upon launch. We did wash and fold, uh, but it took us a few months before I I launched pickup and delivery. Okay. I mean, do you mind telling us, like, how did you get started with pickup and delivery? Yeah. Um, first of all, um, I did buy a vehicle. Uh, I bought a Honda Element. If you know those little, yes. little boxy Honda Elements, uh, you take the seats out, they hold like 600 pounds of laundry. Fantastic for an operation getting started. Not super expensive. Uh, I threw up some logos uh, that made it look nice. It was clean, like wasn't the fanciest thing in the world, but I didn't want to go out and spend $30,000 on a van. Like it just, that wasn't prudent to do. So this was prudent. I didn't want to go hire a driver uh, on day one because like that was just more expense that I'd have to eat. So I did carve out time for my attendance to all play the role of pickup and delivery driver. Um, and uh, that actually was the case until about two months ago. So my attendants did pick up and delivery for like four months. Um, they didn't love it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of lugging of, of stuff around, um, but that's what I needed in order to get that service up and running and launched and to the point where I felt like I could then devote some specific resources like hiring a driver. Uh, but my, my attendants went out and did it. Uh, I try to build my shift schedule so that we had some overlap middle of the day. And that's the time that they got in and they went out and did pickups and deliveries. But ultimately it got to the point that we just outgrew that. It was it was just taking too long. So I went ahead and, and hired a driver uh, and that's been going well for a couple of months now. 
Nice. And uh, I, I mean, how long did it take Pickham Delivery to start ramping up? What was that? I mean, can you give us like a general idea of like what that looked like? Yeah, I mean, we we launched it internally right away. Uh, the idea being that um, you know the thought is that people will give you more laundry to do if you go and pick it up, right? I that's what I hear from other people uh, that the average order size is larger, um, and and I don't I don't know how true that is, but um, I, I love the idea of of doing pick and delivery. Uh, just from a marketing perspective, being able to get our vehicle out there, driving around, uh, we have a lot of seniors and and senior you know living areas and residential, be able to go there. We everybody wears a uniform shirt. I mean, it was just a great way of getting out there and doing marketing. Um, it's a challenge and an opportunity that most people have no clue that number one, there are companies like most of ours that can do wash and fold that will actually do your laundry. And number two, they'll actually come out and pick it up and do it. Right. They just don't know about that. So for me, um, that was just key. So uh, marketing it internally, getting that word out uh, that allowed us to get on the street uh, right away. And then I launched a massive campaign. So my theory behind marketing is you're going to pay for it. And you've got a couple of choices. You can trickle out how much you pay over a long period of time, or you can bite the bullet and go all in and try to ramp it up like as soon as you can. And that's the approach that I took. That doesn't work with everybody, but I invested a larger amount in marketing day one to try to make some inroads and get our, our pickup and delivery you know, busy as soon as possible. So, uh, you know, we got there. Um, I mean, it's it's certainly again, it's a sixty thousand person community. It's not a massive community, um, but our, our driver is out now three and a half, four hours a day. So it's just a part time position. Um, I have higher expectations in Sacramento, um, but I mean that's four hours of solid, uh, you know, solid pickup and drop offs that they're doing. Um, so I'm happy with that. It's it still has a ways to go in terms of. I think the potential, but I think that that's also limited by the fact that we're having to educate the audience as well. And that gets back into marketing and things that we have to do to really get the word out. It's it's not like there are um, so many people that are actively looking for pickup and delivery laundry. Uh, there are more potential customers that have no idea about our service than there are who do, like far more. So it's going to take time to really, I think, make the inroads that we all want to make. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, I still think we're in the pretty early days of the pickup and delivery. Super early. A lot of yeah. people don't know that that's available yet. Nope. Most people don't. Most people have no clue. Uh, again, they don't really, they understand that there's like dry cleaning services out there. Uh, but even in terms of basic wash and fold, like most people don't have any clue that that service is available. Mm -hmm. What a great opportunity for us to be able to go out and educate people who want to spend money having us do this service for them, they just don't have any idea that we're out there willing to do it. So that's it becomes a different challenge. Uh, we have to educate before we can acquire those customers. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that's a great opportunity. I think that's why I'm super excited to in just a minute to talk about marketing a little bit more with you. Um, but before uh, we do that, I wanted to ask, okay, so you're you're starting up 
pick up and deliver at your second location already. Um, yep. And you already mentioned that doing it a little bit differently because you're trying to get those orders in now so that when you get a new equipment, that's going to help cover the cost of that equipment. Is there anything else that you're doing differently based on what you learned the first time around? No, not in terms of, of pickup and delivery. I, I am, well, I, I am limiting geographically a little bit, um, but that's also partially because of Sacramento versus, you know, we can cover Woodland and Davis pretty easily. Sacramento is pretty big. Um, so we would, um, you know, if we open it up to the entire area, we could potentially have stops that were 20, 30 minutes apart. And that just doesn't make a whole ton of sense. So I did limit our service availability uh, geographically um, so that we really focused in kind of the core area that surrounds our laundromat. Uh, and I think that's a good place to kind of get started. It, it's so dense. There's so many potential people there. Uh, that there was just really no need to start venturing off into the outskirts of of the town. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that's one thing I did a little bit differently. Um, and, but I'm actually back. We have a driver for our first location. I'm back to having an attendant doing it for the second because it worked well. Um, and I know that there's a crossover. At some point, uh, it makes sense to hire a driver, right? There's a certain amount of poundage that I've been able to calculate where I know when we hit that poundage, I need to have that attendant uh, full time doing laundry. I can't, I can't afford to have them spending, you know, two or three hours out there doing pickup and delivery. Yeah. Uh, but this is all about getting it started. I mean, you don't start with a thriving service on day one. I mean, you go through some serious growing pains to be able uh, to even reach profitability. So, um, but I, I think I did it pretty well the first time. So we're doing a lot of the, a lot of the second time as well. Yeah, good. I mean, that'll that'll uh that'll give you a lot of good data as you're I mean, talk about putting a system together and being able to transplant that to new areas more than six hours away or less than six hours away, depending yeah. on if they took the over under. Uh <laughs> uh and you know, and being able to do that. So having data from two locations doing it similar ways and just tweaking things here and there, I mean, that should be pretty valuable information. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which means we'll have to have you back on. Yeah. To Once we learn, hear how it, it goes. It really is a growing process. I, I I do not know everything about a laundromat. Like I'm learning stuff all the time. Um, but what's important for me is I'm documenting the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, that data side is super important. I'm trying to collect as much data as we can. Um, I'm really trying to understand um, the mechanics of the business from a data perspective not necessarily from the physical perspective. I can bring in a fantastic person to fix a machine. I can't bring in somebody to understand the business, like the numbers, how things all line up like that. That's something that as the business owner, I take ownership of that. So I spend a lot of time trying to understand the business better through data. Yeah. And I think that's, that's super valuable. I mean, I think that's the future of the, of the industry. Yeah. Um, all right. So anything else you want to tell us about our about your your two laundromats or your pickup and delivery service? Because I want to get into the marketing side of things and and pick your brain there. Anything else you want to fill us in on? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, like I said, you've got to start when you're starting from scratch. In both situations, I had a basically a startup laundromat in a shell. Right. I mean, the second one was doing business, so it wasn't completely starting from scratch, but. Um, 
you know, you have to have, you have to set reasonable expectations. I knew that this, you know, we weren't going to all of a sudden have, you know, a 30 stops on a pickup and delivery route when we opened the door. Um, but you got to get that first one, right? So how do you get that first pickup and delivery order? And how do you satisfy that and do that profitably? How do you get the first five or 10 pickup orders and do that profitably? And you've got to worry about that before you can worry about the, the bigger plans that are, you know, potentially down the line. So I started small, like, what do I need to do just to get to this threshold? And I focused on that. And once I hit it, I had a plan in place on, you know, how do we get to the next one? Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk marketing. Uh, I mean, you know, what, what have you, what have you noticed in, in our industry about marketing and what have you started implementing in your businesses marketing wise what do you see as being important uh, that and that's a super big question um, <laughs> and, and just also you know to be clear as i get into the marketing side like we've done well like my first location i you know we certainly don't have numbers that we get from other people but based upon what i have seen i can confidently say that we're the busiest laundromat around right um we're busy now. It took time to get there. But what I did to grow that business, it worked. Like we can see it. Like it brought in customers. We're the busiest in town. Uh, we've got the highest ratings in town. Um, so I'm, I'm confident that the things that I did that worked, worked well. I say it that way because there were things that I did that didn't work well. Because that's part of marketing. Right. I mean, you got to go and experiment and try things and some of it's going to work and some of it's not going to work and some of it's going to work today and not work tomorrow. Right. So you've got to be willing to go through that experimentation. And that's a challenge because I think a lot of people, not just in our industry, but small business owners, generally speaking, they want to see results. They want to see, hey, if I spend X amount of dollars, you know, I get a return on that. And that's what we all want but it doesn't happen right away like it it's it's a process to truly learn how to market the industry and the business and you've got to be willing to go into it with an open mind and an understanding that some of the things that you're going to do are not going to work that well um and you have to have the right process in place looking at the data to be able to understand those signals as they come in because the key is not that you always have winners it's that you you identify the losers more quickly and be able to cut off funding those and you identify the winners more quickly so you can start investing more into those types of campaigns. So to me, it doesn't make sense to start up and do a ton of marketing unless you've set the stage and you've got the right data and the right expectations and goals so you understand how things are working together and, and in context. Right. So you, you don't want to just go out there and spend money and hope that it's going to work. You've got to get more granular than that. Like every everything needs to be measured. And, and that's something I think most people, you know, most people don't do. So, I mean, in the industry itself, one of the reasons why I got into it is I don't think most laundromat owners, the typical laundromat owner, um, and I will say I don't think that the Typical laundromat owner is even watching or listening to this podcast, right? Because if you're watching and listening to this, you identify that you need to learn more. I mean, you just by being part of this have put you, yourself in a different category. Like you're willing to grow. 
It's not business as usual, right? But the typical laundromat owner does a horrible job of marketing. Just the bottom line. The typical small business owner does a horrible job of marketing, right? But here's also part of the problem. That typical laundromat owner doesn't own a business as much as they own a job, right? And I don't mean that in a negative way. They have chosen a path, right? And I, I applaud them for this path. They wanted to be in control. They wanted to basically, you know, they wanted to control their day to day. And they, they started a laundromat and it's paying them a nice income. It's satisfying their income goals, but that makes some things more challenging. Like, how are you going to market? Like, if you go out and spend money on advertising, if you go out and hire an agency, which I don't think is necessarily something you have to do, but that's money out of your family's pocket, right? It's a very different perspective then I think you need to look at it from a business, from the, the business side and say, okay, I'm willing to take a certain amount of money that would otherwise be in my pocket, go to my family, and I'm going to put that back in the business to grow it. So there's a different mindset, but I think it's a mindset that most people listening and watching this actually love. I think that's a great thing, right? There is a shift, even though I've only been in the industry a year and a half, I, I am seeing a shift. And that and that people are being more mindful and they are being more proactive at trying to grow and build, you know, a, a better business for themselves. So I'm excited about that because I do love the industry. Um, but I got into it because most laundromat owners don't do a great job. That was my strategic advantage. I could bring those skills to the table and do a better job of marketing than my competition. And I'd be able to win because of that. And so far, it's worked out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think you're spot on. I think you're killer, uh, killer things to say right there, Be especially that if somebody's listening to this right now, they're, they're pretty much elite. I mean, let's just be real. They're honestly, is- I really believe that. I mean, it's most people are not taking the time to, to better themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. But people that are even active on Facebook groups, I mean, that's still, that's an initiative that most people actually don't have. They're just happy with the status quo, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you know makes them happy. Um, but I do think that there, are, you know, because of folks like you and other people who are really willing to share and help others, uh, we're just seeing the shift in mindset from a lot of people. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's uh, the shift is happening relatively rapidly. Obviously, I mean it's a pretty big industry, and there's a lot of people, like you said, there's a lot of people in the industry that have not yet listened to this podcast and heard all of this great advice and wisdom from other owners. Uh, however, I think there's a there's a pretty significant shift in the industry happening uh, towards, you know, having a growth mindset and helping each other out towards better, you know, self-improvement, towards, uh, you know, learning new skills and new talents, towards trying new things, towards reinvesting in the business. All these things yeah. are stacking on top of each other right now. And it's really transforming the industry, I think. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get a little more granular, a little more specific. If we can, like what what types of things are you seeing working uh yeah. marketing wise? Yeah. So um and there are a few things that I think have worked really well for us. Um number one is is getting testimonials and feedback from folks. Uh, that has been one of the most important things we've been able to do. So um, we've got a you know basically a five star rating online. Quite a few people 
Um, we really worked hard at providing a great service and asking our our customers to give us feedback. And you know, thankfully, it was mostly mostly positive. Almost all of it was positive, and we were able to leverage that and and be able to to create a good reputation online. So to me, that was one of the most important things that we did. Uh, but to be able to leverage something like that, you need a couple of things in place. So I, I see this question on Facebook quite a bit, like, you know, do I need a website, right? I mean, we're a laundromat, like people aren't necessarily going to the web, you know, and browsing a website. I mean, you know, they're online, uh, they're Googling like you know, laundromat near me, just laundromat, like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to this laundromat. So do you actually need a website? If that's your model, right? We can we can separate out pickup and delivery from just purely a self-serve operation. I think the needs are a little bit different, but even starting from just a self-serve operation, do you need a website? And the answer is yeah, you really, really do. And, and here's why. Like you may not have people that are flocking to your website to actually learn about what a laundromat is. They know they've been going to laundromats for years. They just want to find one that's highly rated. And that's close by. At the, at the end of the day, that's all they want. But there are so many things now that look to your website in order to learn from it. that if you don't have one, you're putting yourself in a really bad position. For example, uh, just the other day, two, three days ago, Google made an announcement that in one of their ad campaigns, depending upon the features that you select, they are going to start pulling information from your website and displaying that in your ads, right? So, I mean, we've always known that Google would, would uh, go to a website even for advertising and they would look at the web pages and they would learn about what you would do. But now they're saying they're actually going to pull it. You have a web page on something with a headline on that page. You may very well see that headline show up in a Google app. Right. So uh, and you may be advertising to try to get people to go to your laundromat. Right. So Google is saying, great, we're going to look at your website to have a better understanding of what you do and how you're positioning yourself. And we're going to use that information to display it in the ads that you want people to click on just to drive to your laundromat down the street. Facebook does the same thing. When you're running Facebook ads and you put the landing page in, they look at that page and they they understand that page through their algorithm, right? Through their different intelligence mechanisms they have in place. And that helps determine the audience they're going to show that ad to, right? Again, you may not care that people go to your website and browse it, but but places like Facebook and Google are using your website every single day to try to help their customers understand what it is that you do. So if you don't have a website, Facebook, Google, all that other type of marketing that you do, it's not gonna happen, right? It's not gonna happen well. They're not gonna have the information that they need in order to be able to serve and deliver advertisements and, and other promotional activities that you may have. So having a website to me is absolutely critical. Uh, I also try to capture leads, even for self-service. Uh, I do get quite a few people go to our website and we have, a, we have an offer, um, get half off their first wash. Uh, I get their email address uh, and they have, they go into my funnel and I, until I know that they're at the laundromat and they've redeemed that coupon, I'm encouraging them to come. And that's even more important when it comes to wash and fold and pick up and delivery. 
So if we're just relying on Google and Facebook and third parties to collect the data for customers, and we're not capturing that data ourselves, we're missing out on a huge opportunity. We've talked about data before. And this is just another example. Uh, owning data is so important. And the only way that you can own data is if you have a website where you're capturing that data yourself. The only way you can't have it from any other company. So having a website to me is critical. The next most important thing is having a Google business profile. Uh, this used to be called Google My Business. Uh, it costs nothing to create. There are definitely some tips and tricks to, to go in uh, to optimize it in, in the right way to have a leg up on the competition. But having a Google business profile is a critical thing for every laundromat to have. Uh, and, and actually, to take it as a nuance, most laundromats will have uh, a Google listing. If you go and you Google uh, the name of the laundromat, you'll probably see something show up on web results, whether it's on a desktop or a mobile, uh, that, that show basic information of that laundromat, the name, uh, the address, maybe just basic info. Um, most businesses will have one. It'll automatically be created by Google. But if you go in and claim that listing, prove that you own it using a couple of different ways, you can add things like your logo, your opening hours, your phone number, your website, descriptions, photos, videos, all this information so that when people actually find that listing online, uh, they get a sense of what to expect. Like for me, I've got all the photos. We have a brand new interior. We've got videos of people. So before they go to a laundromat, they can pull it up and they can actually get a sense of like, wow, that's a really nice laundromat. That's all because of a Google business profile. So for me, having a website is 100% key. Having a Google business profile, absolutely key and important. If you don't have both of those, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. You're costing yourself a lot of money. You can maybe get by without advertising, without worrying about you know, search engine optimization, uh, without worrying about Yelp. But if you don't have a website and a Google business profile, you're just you're at a huge disadvantage. Um, so those are two things that we had ready to go day one. Uh, and we were you know, really successful having those. Those are a couple of things. I've got others too, if you want, but those I are do. Let things. me interject though, uh, just real quick, because I mean, I think what you're saying is I'm like excited about what you're saying because we don't hear people talk about this stuff very often in our industry and not too many will, people will geek out uh, with me about marketing because I don't know, a lot of people maybe don't know, but I have a marketing background too. I did marketing uh, for a while and I actually did it for a casino and some other stuff too. Uh, casinos are basically marketing businesses. That's what they do. Um, and uh, and so I, I love geeking out on marketing, but I just want to let people know, number one, I mean... You know, as he's talking about a Google business profile, that's something that you can do. Google walks you through it. It's very easy to do it yourself and it's a no brainer. Go do it. Website stuff that can feel very overwhelming uh, for people. You can totally have people build that. You know, even here at Laundromat Resource, we, you know, we will build websites for people. Um, however, I just wanted to point out that we have a, a free course. Uh, if you go to the website, go to the Laundromat University and it'll walk you through exactly step-by-step step from knowing absolutely nothing um, all the way through having a, a, a nice SEO optimized website uh, that, you know, will... And, and this I think is ideal for a self-serve business. If you're doing pickup and delivery, if you're doing, you know, even drop off, but 
pickup and delivery for sure. Uh, it, there's a little more you want to be doing with your website. But if you have a self-serve laundromat, go take that course. It'll walk you through how to do it. And it even has a template that you can start with. It's, it's very simple. So I just want to point that out for anybody who's on the DIY uh, you know, train there and wants to build their own website, but doesn't know where to start. Go to laundromatresource.com. Click on, I think, courses or laundromat university or something like that. And there's a website course there you can do. Uh, that's a great resource. And and I never said when I was talking about the importance of a website, I never said that you had to have an amazing website. <laughs> you don't have to have an amazing website necessarily. Again, I do think if you're doing pickup and delivery, if you're doing, you know, wash and pull drop off, complexity start to, you know, add up there. But if you're a self-service laundromat, just having a basic website out there is great. Like if you can throw up some actual photos of your laundromat. You know, assuming that you want to have photos of your laundromat up there, like I think that would be nice. Uh, but again, you don't even have to. But but the information, the words that you have on that page, because uh, it could just be a single page website for a self service laundromat. That may be all that you need to kind of check the buckets uh, with those other companies to to give you you know the put you in the position to to do well in other areas there. So it yeah, doesn't absolutely. have to be super fancy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I just wanted to interject there. So, okay. So we have, uh, you know, wanting to collect reviews and testimonies huge, uh, right there. And I would say, Hey, be proactive on that and train your employees to, you know, ask for feedback, ask for reviews, remind people to give reviews because people only remember to give reviews and something real bad happens. And less often when something extraordinarily good happens, right? So if you ask, you're more likely to get them. So ask, because those reviews do translate into dollars. Uh, if you know if there's a laundromat that has three five-star reviews and yours has 63 five-star reviews, they're probably still going to choose your laundromat over the other one that also has really good reviews, just not as many of them. Yeah. Uh, so go ask for those. All right. So we got testimonials. We've got... Uh, uh, your own website, and we've got uh, a Google business profile. Okay. So let's talk about what else uh, What else can we be doing or should yeah. we be doing? So this next this next point is it's, it's not the most super exciting thing in the world, right? But I think it's the most critical part of marketing, and that's understanding your audience, understanding your customers. Uh, and the first question of that is, you know, how, how many customers do you have? Because if you're a, 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 a if you offer pickup and delivery laundry service, uh, you got at least two, if not multiple customers. Right? You got maybe a self service type of customer that could be very different than a pickup and delivery customer, right? And your your drop offs may be a little bit different. You may have commercial customers. You know, maybe you're doing Airbnb stuff. Like there are different types of customers. Uh, so to me, understanding your customer is a critical part because how can you write an effective ad? regardless of the platform, how can you write an ad that actually works if you don't understand the customer that you're specifically targeting and you're not writing that ad with them in mind? If you're generic in your marketing, you will have poor results. You need to understand the audience and everything that you do in marketing needs to be targeting a particular segment of that audience in mind because it is different. The way that we write ads for self-service customers is very different than pickup and delivery. It's a very different person that we're targeting. The demographics are different. The motivations are different. So we tackle them very differently. 
understanding your audience goes a little bit further because you also need to understand, and I'll use kind of a marketing lingo here, the journey somebody takes in order for them to become a customer. So I mentioned this before, most of our potential customers today have no idea that there's a company out there that does wash and fold and they're happy to come by and pick it up and deliver it for them. Like they don't even know. So we're starting on one end of the spectrum that we have this massive part of our potential audience that knows nothing at all about our service, our business, and what it is that we do. And as we start moving down that path to them becoming more understanding, they're becoming more aware of the types of service that we offer, um, the way that we approach those people has to be different as well. So Google is an ideal platform for reaching people like basic Google ads, because there are a lot of, lot of Google ads, but the basic Google ad, Google search ads, people go in, they type something in search, and they get some kind of results, right? Some of those are called organic listings, that, that's with search and websites, some of it are paid listings, right? Uh, that is the ideal place to reach an audience that's out there specifically looking for what it is that you're selling. Right. So if we can do an advertising campaign on Google and target people searching for pickup and delivery laundry or laundry service. Right. That is such a small percentage of our of our total potential customers. It only represents the people that are actively looking for a service at that time. And Google is a great spot to do that. As we start moving down that line, and let's say that we want to invest in trying to educate people that would be a perfect customer for us, but they have no idea that we even exist or that the industry exists or that the service exists. How do you reach them? You can't reach them on a Google ad, not a Google search ad, right? They're not searching for you, right? But Facebook can be a fantastic place to reach that audience. We can develop ads that can reach people that have no idea that our service exists using Facebook. So understanding your audience will also dictate how do you invest your money? You know, where do I want to target within that spectrum of people completely unaware of who we are and what we do versus people that are actively searching? If you have a limited budget, then sure, you know, target people that are actively searching for, for your service. That might be the right approach. It, it might not because it could be super competitive because everybody else is out there spending money on those as well. But if your goal is to reach an audience looking for your service and you're investing on Facebook, don't be disappointed if you don't get a lot of leads. Like it just doesn't happen that way. Facebook is reaching a different audience segment, right? So, and I'm not saying that Facebook ads are not, Facebook ads can be a great addition to a marketing strategy, but you need to understand the audience and who you're targeting. And that's going to dictate where you want to invest your resources because not every platform out there is appropriate for the, the you know, particular audience. And even within that particular audience, it may not be appropriate depending upon where they are in their journey, right? So you've got to understand that. And, and I know that that starts getting into, uh, I think, a higher level of thinking and marketing. It's not just about, oh, let me go go buy some Google ads, let me go buy some Facebook ads. But if you want to have good success with marketing, I do think these are things you need to be considering. You don't have to be an expert necessarily. Uh, but if you just sit down and think, well, let me try to understand a, a pickup and delivery customer. You know, who are they? You know, you know, maybe you're in a college town. 
and, and that's going to be very different than you're, you're in a, you know, the middle of a city somewhere. But understanding that customer is going to give you a huge leg up on the competitors that are just out there doing generic types of advertising. So to me, uh, before you do anything, you need to understand your customer. Once you do that, everything else becomes a lot easier. We've had great success with Facebook advertising. We've had great success with Google advertising. We approach those things very differently. Our goals are different. Our audience is different. The ads are very, very different between the two of those. It's not the same approach. A lot of people in the industry, uh, I mean, every day I look in Facebook, hey, what should I do to get more customers? Facebook ads. And I just want to say, no, that's it's not going to work that easily. If you think you can go out there and spend money and get customers from Facebook ads, it's not going to work that well for you. There are reasons to use Facebook. Uh, but if your expectation is you throw up an ad and you get a customer the next day, you're going to be disappointed. That's not, in my opinion, the best use of a Facebook ad. There's a lot to digest, but... No, no, no. I think that's great information. So I'm I'm trying to put myself in in the shoes of a typical laundromat owner, right? You start talking about Google ads, you start talking about Facebook ads, you start talking about the nuances between the two of them. I'm hearing you say Facebook ads does not equal new customers right off the bat. Starts to feel very overwhelming. Is this something a typical laundromat owner can do or do they need to hire somebody to do it? What do you think? Um, I, I think there's a lot that you can do on your own. Uh, I definitely feel like, you know, we've talked about a couple of things. There are resources out there like yours where you can get a website that's fully functional, that checks off all the boxes and, and that represents you fairly well, right? There are resources out there. You can get your own Google business profile. Simple to do. Um, again, there are tips and tricks to really make, make those fly, but you can go out and do that. Um, Google is trying to make it a lot easier for you to do advertising. Um, when I talked about the fact that they're using your website now to even generate the text that's in those ads, that actually starts to alleviate some of the responsibility from you of figuring out, well, what's the best text to put in that ad in the first place? Like Google is reaching a point to say, we don't really care what you think because we know like Google gets paid when people click. So they I may, mean, I, I have, you know, suspicions and reservations about Google, like most people in the marketing world, at the end of the day, they do want to generate a click. And if they don't generate a positive return for their customers as a whole, they're not going to make money. So when they do things like this, where they're taking some of the control away from you, the reason why is because they actually know that they can do it better than the average person. Right. So Google is really trying to do uh, as much as they can to make it easier for the average person, average business owner, average laundromat owner to come in and use some of their advertising. Um, so I think that you can do it yourself. Um, but I also feel like you've got to um, you've got to put some limitations and parameters and you've got to pay attention to the data because it's very easy to wake up one day and, and figure out that you just wasted a lot of money on something that didn't work. Um, at the same time, things take time to work. So if you're utilizing a Facebook ad or a Google ad or, or you know any of those types of platforms, you are likely not gonna get great results on day one. There, there is a learning process that all of this goes through. If Google is controlling uh, the, the, the content of your ad, it can't necessarily understand how to do that perfectly on day one. 
But what it does is over time, as people see the ad and they click on the ad and they go to your website and they're interacting and they're they're opting into the things and filling out forms as they're driving to your laundromat, which they can tell and Google gets all that information, they start to understand what works and what doesn't work. So over time, they evolve and they start showing ads that perform better than the ads on day one. And Facebook does it the same way, very much about the audience. I see some questions about targeting an audience on Facebook. Well, you know the answer? Target a broad audience on Facebook because Facebook figures out fairly quickly what the actual audience should be. And they start to tailor your ad show to people that they think are likely to take the action that you're looking for. So both of these companies are taking an approach where in some ways they're taking control away from us as advertisers and marketers and business owners, but they're doing it because they think that they will do a better job of delivering the results than if they leave it in the hands of the typical person. Not necessarily the big agencies and big corporations, but they're making it easier, I think, for people like us uh, to to be able to advertise. You have to have some trust and faith in them. You have to give it time to work out and you know iron out those kinks, let their machine learning actually learn something. That takes time, but you can do a lot of that yourself these days. Um, there are situations where I think having an agency helps. And I think there are other ways that you can you can you know grow and learn things to be able to take do it yourself to the next level. Yeah, I think it's a great answer. And, you know, knowing my audience, uh, speaking of understanding your audience, I know there's, there's two, two types of people in this camp, right? There's the people who, uh, want to invest the time to learn and, and DIY. And that saves you money a lot of times. Uh, if you can learn correctly, I'd say marketing is one of those things where, and you mentioned this already, like you can dump a lot of money into marketing and do it all wrong. And that money is, you know, Flush down the toilet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so there, but there are people who are on the DIY uh, camp and want to learn to do it themselves. And I'm going to talk about that here in a second. And then there's another camp of people who say, I want to focus on the things that I know that I'm good at and I want somebody to run these ads for me. So, uh, I want to ask you about the DIY stuff here in a second. But, uh, you know, if you're in the other camp where you're just like, Hey, I want somebody who already knows what they're doing, who already has, you know, uh, that knowledge and skill. And I don't want to spend my time learning that skill to do that. I'll put a link down in the show notes, uh, for a done for you, uh, marketing solution. So go check that out, uh, on the show notes, or if you're on YouTube down below, uh, but DIY, if somebody wants to DIY, I'm, I'm kind of throwing a little softball toss up here for you, uh, knock it out of the park here. But if somebody wants to do DIY marketing and doesn't really know where to start, how can they learn how to how to DIY market. Yeah. So coincidentally, I now have a course that what? is people, yeah. What? <laughs> do marketing on their own. Because I do recognize, like if I mean I've had an agency for years and I I love businesses that are willing to invest and uh, hire an agency and spend money at an agency. Um, you know, that's that's a fantastic approach. But I also recognize there are a ton of people that are just not gonna do that. And I think that that's okay. Uh, in fact, I think that there's a lot that you can do on your own uh, and get really, really good results. Like Jordan said, if you know what to do. So uh, I created a course 
Um, it's at growyourmat.com, growyourmat.com. Uh, and the first course that we've created is called the Laundromat Marketing Bootcamp. And it's specifically for the do-it-yourselfers out there. And I think there are quite a few of them to walk you through step-by-step how to build and implement a marketing plan. So it's a course, but it's being structured as a boot camp. And what's the difference? I'm not looking for people to come and just watch some videos and read some stuff and never do anything with it. So we're doing this side by side along with you. Uh, Difference with an agency, agency does it for you. I'm doing it with you. Right. I want to make sure by the time that you get through at the boot camp that you've got a website. And we may leverage, you know, what Jordan is offering there because that could be a great addition. But you've got a Google business profile that if you want to advertise uh, that you're using Facebook correctly and Google correctly, that you've got the data coming in, um, all of those things, how to get testimonials how to write good copy for that website, talk about organic search. Uh, This is showing up in search results for free. And I'm of the strong opinion, our industry is not overly complex and it doesn't change too often, right? Massive change with pickup and delivery. Um, I don't think that there's gonna be a massive change at least in the next year or two in our industry. Uh, So I feel like there are a lot of things that you can do to get in place now and you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time tweaking it over the next, you know, like, you know, every single week, every single month. I think there's a lot we can do that is more or less set and forget. It's not going to work indefinitely, right? But it's going to work now. It's going to work for the next six months, year, couple of years. So you're spending a little bit of time uh, to get that stuff up and running. And I think that that's probably going to be sufficient and give you the right platform so you can get back to focusing on the other areas of your business that you want to, knowing that you have a marketing engine in place that's going to work. So it's growyourmat.com. And uh, I'm really excited about doing this. Um, I'm taking everything that I've learned uh, from an agency for 15 years and what I've learned specifically doing marketing for my own laundromats now for the last year and a half. And I'm, I'm trying to help others do the same thing. So I'm excited. I think we're going to get some really good results from that. Awesome. So yeah, check it out in the show notes or down below YouTube. And I'll have links to the done for you solution and the done with you solution, which I really love uh, that too. Uh, So super excited about that, especially because I think there's so much big opportunity in on the marketing side of things in our industry. And, you know, we kind of talked about pickup and delivery, sort of being on kind of scratching the surface of what it can be and probably will be down the line. I think marketing in our industry also, we're just, we're just barely into it. There's still not very many laundromats relatively speaking. If you had a guess, let me ask you a question. If you had a guess out of all the people that, that, you know, have the right demographics to use pickup and delivery, what percentage of people do you think even are aware of that service existing? Uh, like customer-wise? Yeah, customer-wise. Uh, small. I mean, I, I feel like I'd be very generous saying 20%. I mean, oh. I think it's probably sub 10% of people even know about. It. And I've shared this before, but like my tax guy didn't know about it. He's been doing my taxes forever. My neighbor who's got 11 kids and bring somebody, hire somebody to come to her house to do laundry. Didn't even know it was a possibility that somebody could come pick up their their laundry yep. and, and do it and bring it back yep. folded. Uh, yep. And these are, I mean, these are 
my people, right? Like if anybody know, should know about it, it's like the people that I'm interacting with all, all the time. But, yeah. And I, I think that's true across the country. I mean, we have such a small percentage of people who are actually using our services and what a fantastic place to be in and what a great position to be in to grow by going forward. Like, I think we're going to see, you know, a 10x growth in our industry over the next 10 years. You know? yeah. And it's, it's just, it's right for the taking. I mean, there are people trying to come in and be a dominant player, but so far it's a fragmented industry. And I do think it's structured such that, I mean, you, you can't, you can't mail the stuff in. It's got to be produced locally, right? So I, I think we've got some protection in mind. And, and uh, I think there's just such a great opportunity for local, you know, local business owners in this area. Yeah, I could not agree more with you. Yeah. Very exciting. Lloyd, this has been awesome hearing about your journey into this business and how now you're trying to help you know, move, keep move, keep this industry moving forward and keep us uh, growing, keep us reinvesting in ourselves and in our business. And, uh, you know, as kind of as the buzzword uh, around the industry lately, elevate our, our businesses uh, to the next level. So, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on again, all the links for everything that we've talked about, including the done for you and the done with you marketing solutions for your business. Links to all that stuff will be in the show notes um, and down below in the description on YouTube. Uh, Lloyd, this has been incredible. Can't wait to have you back on to benefit from the data from your two pickup and delivery startups. And uh, man, thanks for for joining us and sharing all the wisdom you did. I appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. All right. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Lloyd. So much good, good stuff in there. Uh, we talked about a lot, a lot of things that I think will apply to a lot of us uh, in this business. So super uh, thankful to Lloyd for coming on the show, sharing so much. If you are interested in joining his marketing, uh, it's like a course. It's like a done with you course. Uh, there's some links down below in the description for on YouTube. Or if you're uh, just listening on the podcast, check out the show notes, laundromatresource.com slash show 103. Um, and there's links for you there. Those are affiliate links, which just means, uh, you know, he gives me a little commission for helping him out and promoting his, his course. But, uh, Use it or don't use it. You can go direct to the website too. But if it's going to help your business, jump in with that course. That's what I'm all about. Um, all right. Make sure again that you are taking action on something from this show uh, because that is what it's all about. We talk about that all the time. So pick one thing, put it into action. Maybe it's signing up for the course. Maybe it's checking out uh, diligencecapitalinvestments.com and jumping into the fund. Uh, maybe, you know, it's going out looking for laundromat deals. Maybe it's doing something to improve your existing laundromats, whatever it is, pick something and take some action on it today. It'll help you get to your goals much, much quicker for doing that every day. All right. We will see you next week on the Laundromat Resource Podcast. Peace.